Father, we praise you this morning for your word. Hallelujah. We've been in a series. Galatians 4, 4 is our text, but when the set time had come, and uh, it says God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. And uh, we've been living out of this idea of the set time and determining that uh, just as in the life of Jesus, Mary was for him the right person at the right place at the right time that God was able to speak into her life and bring Jesus forth at just the right moment. And we have discovered by looking in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that God has determined that throughout our lives there would be times and seasons where we are the right person in the right place at exactly the right time. And it's been a great discovery as we looked in the Old Testament for several weeks at some Old Testament characters. And now we've, we are looking in the New Testament at uh, <clears throat> some, some New Testament folks. And I'm particularly excited about uh, this uh, gentleman that I want to talk to you about today from Acts chapter 10. And, uh, and I want to uh, reiterate to you a statement that I've made several times through this series. You must be studious through the thankless hours of the mundane to ever participate in moments where history is made. And I believe that God has called members in particular of Church of Living Water to be in some moments where history is made. In the, whether, that's it, whether that's in the larger picture of history where your name gets typed in bold and everybody remembers who you were or whether that's in the, the small uh, uh, stories told in history where, where one life was changed. Do we really care where God decides to use us? Do you, do you really care whether God decides to use you in a, in a situation where everyone knows your name and you're in the history books or if God decides to use you to change one life that changes one life that changes one life until an entire generation is impacted for the kingdom? We must be faithful in the mundane, uh, studious through the, mon- the thankless hours of the mundane to ever participate in moments where history is made. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 10, and I'm going to talk to you about a gentleman named Cornelius. Cornelius was not even a Christian. Cornelius was just a guy. that God sent Peter to talk to. And I want you to pick up in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 10, verse 9. We're going to read a short part of this, and then I'm going to talk to you about this story of Cornelius. The next day, as they went on their journey, they drew near the city. Peter went up on the housetop. We're in chapter 10, verse 9. Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. He, came, he became very hungry and wanted to eat. While they were making uh, ready... The food, he fell into a trance, or he, he, he received a vision, essentially, is what this says. I saw heaven open, and an object like a, a great sheet bound on the four corners descended to him, let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him and said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, No, Lord, not so. For I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice that spoke to him again uh, said, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This happened three times, and the object was taken into the heaven. While Peter wondered within himself 
uh, about this vision that he had seen. Um, men who were sent from Cornelius made an inquiry at Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and said whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the spirit says to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise and go with them. So I want to talk to you about this. Cornelius was a man who the word says, if you read this whole chapter, which we're not going to do this morning, Cornelius was a man who was hungry for God, who was seeking after God, who had understood that that God was a good God and that there was something to be sought there. But Cornelius was not a Jew, had not grown up in or been taught uh, the, the ways of Judaism and had never been introduced to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But the Bible said he was a good man, he was a generous man, and in this story we find him praying. He's trying to find God. He's seeking after God. So he has a vision that says to him, I want you to send some men and I want you to go to Simon the Tanner's house that lives along the seashore there and I want you to inquire because I have a man staying there named Simon Peter and he will come back and he will explain to you how to know God. So Cornelius sins for Peter. But Peter has grown up as a Jew, and the Jews are extremely prejudiced against the Gentiles. Anybody ever experienced prejudice? You've experienced either one side of it or the other. And so Peter, while all of this is happening over at Cornelius' house, Peter is on the rooftop, hungry, wanting to eat, and God takes an occasion to use the hunger that is in his natural body and to bring a vision to him and to say to him, here's all this stuff that you've called unclean. I want you to kill it and eat it. And Peter's like, who, me? I never. You ever said that to God? Not me. I would never break your rules and regulations. And God says, Those things that I have cleansed, do not call them unclean or common. The challenge to Peter was, I'm getting ready to send you to a place that you would prefer not to go, to talk to some people that you would prefer not to talk to, to carry the kingdom to carry my anointing and to carry my word into a situation that you would really choose not to be in. Peter had a decision to make that day. Peter could have said no. You understand that. You know, uh, Angela, when God says, uh, come and follow me, that's what she was trying to express. There are a lot of folks who have walked with God a long time, but they still need to hear him say, come and follow me. And when God says, come and follow me, we we need to say yes to him. But we do have the option to say no. That'll preach, huh? Your right to say no to God. But I hope that you won't. Peter had a decision to make that day whether he was going to be the right person in the right place at the right time for God to be able to do something fantastic in the life of a guy that Peter did not even like. Didn't know him, didn't want to know him because he wasn't someone that Peter would have chosen to hang around with. 
And God said, Peter, you're looking at some people that I love and you're calling them common. And you're seeing them as unworthy. And I'm going to change your perspective. I want you to go to Cornelius' house. So Peter went uh, with these men. But, I, but this is the challenge that I want to put in front of you from the word today. Cornelius was a guy who was just one of those normal guys going through life, but he had this hunger in his heart to seek God. And, and the Lord says, if you hunger, the word says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. Is that not what it says? Is that the promise? There's some people in your life who are hungering and thirsting after God, and they don't even know what they're looking for. There's some people in your sphere of influence that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, but they are not even being able to identify that that's what they are hungry for. In the generation that we are living in today, young people, that there is an environment where the, 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 the young people of our generation are being told that God is within you and that God is in everything, and so you can worship the tree or you can worship the rock or you can do this or you can do that, and, and that, 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 that it, it's all, we're all going the same direction, seeking the same thing, looking, we're all going to end up the same place. And they're being fed that bill of goods and they're eating it and thinking that they're searching in the right place and they're continuing to search and finding nothing but yet a place of hunger. And God is sending us into this environment. I'm really kind of thankful. I'm, I'm one of those strange ones. You see, I love seasons of revival and I love seasons of renewal. But you put me in an environment where a culture is far from God, I've got some stuff to do. I am not upset about the fact that God has put us in the earth at a pivotal time when our culture has turned its heart from God. I'm very excited that God has put us in the earth at exactly this moment in history so we can be that right there, the right person in the right place at the right time to bring the right word in the right moment, to bring deliverance to the captive and to help people find their place of freedom in Jesus. One of the greatest difficulties I ever had was when I left uh, the primary uh, marketplace experience where I was working in the workplace and I came full-time into the church office and I just started hanging around with believers all the time. I love y'all, but I'm preaching to the choir when I tell you about Jesus. You're convinced, right? You already know him. So I tell you Jesus loves you. That doesn't move you. You already know that. So the, one of the greatest difficulties in transition in my life was whenever the Lord moved me out of the marketplace where I'm sitting across the table from people who, knew, who needed prayer, who needed an encouraging word, who needed to see Jesus. And I happened to be working in, in, a, in a tax office, so I was sitting across from people in trouble. They were coming in going, oh my God, what do I do? They were sitting there with tears running down. It's easy to witness to people whose lives are falling apart. kind of fun to prophesy to people who haven't even met Jesus yet. Tell them about him and point them in the right direction. So it was a great transition. God has put us in a culture. He has let you be born now for the reason that you will go and be the right person, the right place, the right time. 
So here's Cornelius, and he's that guy. He's godless, but he has godly characteristics within him. And he's hungering to know this person uh, that we call God, this creator of the universe. And he's searching that out, and he's even praying. And finally, God says, Cornelius, I've been listening to you, and I've been watching you, and I see that you're benevolent, and I see that you're giving, and I see that you're loving, and I see that you already have some of these characteristics that, that kind of make you look like me, but you don't know me. So I'm going to send a man named Peter to you, and he's going to tell you how to know me. And so Cornelius sends for Peter. And what do we find Peter doing? We find Peter in a place of devotion before God. He's waiting for lunch. That puts everybody in a place of devotion. But Peter had a pattern of listening to God, of hearing God, of talking to God, of knowing his word, of having a relationship with him. This is what's so powerful about this, uh, this whole journaling experience that our, our students are getting. And I would, I would challenge each of you to find a way. We, we talk about journaling a lot. We, we not, we're not uh, extremely formal about it yet, but we may be going in that direction. But can you imagine if you were to spend every day of the year, I said this to, the, to our kids this morning, if you spent every day of the year and you took one verse and you said, what is this verse mean to me and you wrote down what that verse meant to you and you applied it to your life how does this verse speak to me and you applied it to your life and then you prayed and you asked God to help you with that application so that it would become fruitful in your life at the end of a year you have prayed over 365 verses 365 principles from the word of God that they would be applied to your life and that they would be I'd venture to say you'd change in a year If we disciplined ourselves to the word for a few moments every day, well, this is the kind of guy that Peter was. He had disciplined himself to the presence of God. He was in a relationship with Jesus. And so God was able to get his ear and to get his attention. Then the other thing that was interesting that I want to point out about Peter and Cornelius and this whole scenario here is that Peter was the kind of guy that was willing to let the Lord say some things to him that made him feel uncomfortable. You cannot know God unless you are willing to let God speak to you some things that bring you out of your comfortable places. If we're going to change and let God take us from faith to faith and from glory to glory and from grace to grace, if we're going to change and let God build His kingdom in us and build His character in us, we're going to have to be able to let Him speak to us some things that we don't want to hear. I'm the Lord is very direct with me. And he's not always terribly gracious with me. I think it comes from, because my dad was very direct, and so I'm used to hearing instruction that way. And I've told you about the time that I was complaining. I was, uh, some of my friends were going out to college days, some of my friends were going out, and I didn't have any money to go out. And I, said, I was walking out to my car after church, and they were all going out, and I was going home. Joyful time. <laughs> Joyful. And I said, Lord, I don't even have a nickel. It's really frustrating. And the Lord said, you go clean out your car. I'm in the church parking lot cleaning out my car because I heard the Lord say, go clean out my car. And I'm picking up the trash and, you know, and I pull back a floor mat and there's a nickel. And the Lord says, I don't want to hear another word about it. (laughs) 
That's what he said to me. This is the way he talks to me. So hopefully he's more gracious with you than he is with me, but, but that's the way the Lord talks to me. And I've gotten used to having those kinds of instructions from him. Those are faith-building moments for me. I quit complaining about what I did have and started rejoicing at what I did. I think I went home and made a milkshake. I don't know. Yeah, it should have been 100, huh? But then I would have went out. For some reason, the Lord wanted me to go home that night. But we have to be willing to hear the word of the Lord. To be the right person in the right place at the right time, you must be willing to hear the word of the Lord, even if it takes you outside your comfort zone. Because God wants to change your perspective on the culture around you. He wants to change your perspective on that person in the desk next to you at work. He wants to change your perspective on that mean employer you happen to be working for. Some of you. Jeannie, God will bless you. Jeannie works for Elder Stewart, so... We're praying for you, Jeannie. Whenever God speaks to you, then you must be willing to go. To be the right person in the right place at the right time, we must be willing to let him position us. I've told you the story of the woman that I I felt the Lord tell me to pray for her in a parking lot, and I was distracting the kids, and things were going on, and we were in and out of the car and stuff, and I didn't. and, And as I drove away, the Lord said, Do you know what it took for me to get her to where you were The situations I had to change and move around to get her in front of you, don't let that happen again. We must be willing to go. Peter was willing to go even when the place that he was going was to dwell among a people he didn't want to be with. God probably will send you to people you don't like. He'll... mm, the Lord has sent me to talk to people I couldn't, I, I couldn't spend one moment with in the natural. I didn't want to be their friend. And then he made me go love them. You know what that does for you? It shows you two things. It shows you that he loves them and it gives you his perspective on them. And it shows you that he has the ability to change you. Not everything he asks us to do is easy, but nothing he asks us to do is impossible. He don't ask you to do things you can't do. If he's going to ask you to do it, he's going to equip you and give you the ability to do it. If you look in, uh, if you look in Acts chapter 10, Peter opens his mouth. That's first problem begins, right? Peter opens his mouth. You know Peter and his mouth. In, in chapter 10 and verse 34... Peter opens his mouth and he says, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Boy, that was deep. God tells him, You go and you quit calling those things that I've determined are not, you you don't call them common if I tell you they're special to me. And then Peter goes, Wow, I perceive that God is not showing favorites. That was deep. He's smart, huh? Took three times. God had to go over that with him three times. God is not showing partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are eyewitnesses of these things that he did. And Peter begins to preach Jesus to them. It's simple to go someone you might not particularly even care about or like or know or or desire to be around and share the truth of Jesus and what he's done in your life and what he's accomplished in you. All we have to do is say, Lord, I want to be that right person in the right place at the right time. I want to be your voice. It's not complicated. It's just obedience more than anything. I believe that God is sending us among some of those places that we would prefer not to go because it helps us to lay aside our prejudices. It helps us to lay aside some old ways of thinking. And I believe that what God is doing through us in our generation is helping us to bring a word that heals cultural brokenness. This culture is broken. We have the answer. His name is Jesus. Peter was sent to Cornelius' house for the express purpose of bringing healing to brokenness in the culture of his day. When he said yes to God and he went and loved on a man and a family, uh, the family of Cornelius, when he said yes, he addressed cultural brokenness by loving someone that had previously been unacceptable. I think we ought to begin to look for those, those signs. Uh, I want you to back up to verse 25 in closing. We won't be here very much longer. Um, chapter 10 and verse 25. Peter comes to Cornelius. Cornelius falls down on his feet to worship him. And Peter lifts him up and says, Stand up. I myself, simply a man. I think that's a valuable moment in Scripture where we understand, and Peter expresses best, I'm just a guy who said yes. I think that's what this whole idea of being, uh, having the fullness of time come about in our life and this whole idea of being the right person, the right place at the right time is that we realize that when we arrive, we're just a guy who said yes. I don't even have all the answers. But I'm a guy who said yes. And as he talked with him, he went in and he found many that had come together. And the implication there is that when you're the right person at the right place at the right time, even if you're only touching one life, the influence that that touch makes is phenomenal. Cornelius was having himself a home meeting. Hey, this guy's coming to talk to me. Y'all come around. Get up in my living room. God's going to speak to us. the very thing that God wants to begin to happen in your homes and around your tables is the influence of the Spirit of God being released into the lives of others. Peter said, I'm just a guy who said, yes, Cornelius, don't worship me. 
I'm going to tell you who to worship. And then I'm going to show you the last thing that, that I believe happens in, in these moments, being the right person in the right place at the right time, being uh, God's person in the fullness of time. The scripture says in, uh, in Mark 16 and 20 that when the apostles or the disciples went forth, they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. And in this particular passage of scripture, at uh, verse uh, 43, Peter is continuing to preach. He's in the middle of his sermon. He didn't even get to finish what he was trying to say. And the Bible says that while Peter was still speaking in verse 44, he was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on him with all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision uh, who believed were astonished as many had came with Peter, found the gift of the Holy Ghost was poured out on the Gentiles. That right in the middle of his preaching, right in the middle of his telling them about Jesus, before he had the opportunity to bring in the clothes and give the altar call, the Holy Spirit fell and they had received in their heart. They had already said yes. And the Holy Spirit said, good enough for me. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. God's going to give you this year in your living room and in your, around your table and in those places where you're willing to be that person, God's going to give you some sign-following moments where lives are changed dramatically. I believe we ought to say again with the Lord, I, I love how week after week God has brought us to this point where we stand together and we say, I want to be the right person in the right place at the right time. Stand together. I want, to be, I want there to be some fullness of time moments in my life, God. I want to be like Peter was to Cornelius. If there's anyone like Cornelius in my life that's hungering and thirsting and not knowing what they're looking for, I want to be the guy. I want to be the, the girl that that brings the word. If there's someone on my campus that's hungry for Jesus, Lord, let me find them. Would you say that to the Lord right now? Lord, there's some some fullness of time moments in my life this year. I want to be the right person in the right place at the right time. There's some fullness of time moments ahead of me. Just like Mary said when the angel told her about Jesus coming, be it unto me according to your word. Lord, I say, be it unto me according to your word. Use me in my generation. Use me in my sphere of influence. Use me in my workplace. Use me in this city. Use me. Let us be the kind of people through whom you can flow and through whom you can move.